Well, Chris and I were facing a big decision. Do we stay put in the U.S., where I was serving as a bishop, and Chris and I were involved in training pastors and congregational leaders? Or do we step out in faith toward a dream we had when we got married? A dream to be involved in church and marketplace ministry in mainland China. Now, we were settled. Our son, who'd been in Chinese school in Taiwan, loved his American school. No homework, he announced gleefully on the second day of school. We'd bought a house. We were learning how to manage our lawn and garden so the neighbors wouldn't complain. We had two cars, a four-bedroom four house on a half-acre lot with a nicely finished basement for our son and his buddies to hang out. We were living the American dream. But we had another dream, and it didn't go away. When Chris read the news about the Olympics coming to Beijing, she felt God saying it was time for us to go to China. Now, right after we got married, we moved to Hong Kong. We were here during the spring of 1989 when hope for change, for reform and opening was literally in the air and on campuses and on the streets across China and also here in Hong Kong. But sadly, that dream had to be postponed. Now the Olympic Games would be coming to Beijing 20 years later and the whole world would be watching. Chris had been born in China, but came with her family to Hong Kong as refugees when she was just a child. Could this be the time for us to move to China? Would we be free to practice and celebrate and share our faith in China? This felt like a moment of great hope, but we really needed to hear from God to have his affirmation of our dream. We really needed wisdom and discernment. And that's what we're talking about today. It is time to dream again, but we really need wisdom and discernment as we dream. You, like Chris and me, may be facing some big decisions that affect not only you, but your family and other people as well. You need a lot of wisdom to make the right decision. How can I be sure that my dream is really from God? Maybe it's just my dream and not God's dream for me. And what if mine is an impossible dream, far beyond my own ability or resources? For these and other questions that you are facing, today's passage from 1 Kings 3 will offer you encouragement and insight. It will provide some wisdom and discernment. So let's read together. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. What a fabulous dream. God offers you anything you want. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think I might say to God, please bring this pandemic to an end in the next month. 
What did Solomon say? You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son, that, that would be me, Solomon, to sit on his throne this very day. Now, I need to give you a little context. When Solomon had this dream, he was about 15 years old and was just becoming king after the death of his father. When was this? Well, this was about 3,000 years ago. This was the time of the ancient Tso dynasty here in China, and there were also flourishing civilizations in India, in Egypt, Middle America. Who exactly was Solomon? King David's son, yes, but there were, David had many wives and many sons. Bathsheba was his mother. Does that ring a bell? Bathsheba was the granddaughter of one of David's closest and most trusted advisors. Now, Listen carefully because the story gets a little messy here. Bathsheba became David's, King David's wife after he raped her and got her pregnant. She was a married woman. And then David arranged for the murder of her husband so he could legally marry Bathsheba. Now David eventually repented. You can read this repentance in Psalm 51. But he, he paid big time for his sin in the lives of his children and also politically. David had a lot of sons and the transition to Solomon becoming king did not happen with a lot of turmoil and bloodshed. But that's for another day. As you can see, the Bible doesn't hide the flaws of its leaders and heroes. We know the best and the worst of King David. And we also learn about the sins of some of his sons, including Solomon, but, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of the story. Solomon is, still, Solomon is still a teenager, and he seems to have only respect for his dad, who has already passed away. He was faithful to you. He was righteous, upright in heart. Well, a filial exaggeration for sure. But maybe, just maybe Solomon hasn't yet learned the shocking truth about how his mother became King David's wife. You know, he's only 15. As a young boy in the royal family, Solomon may well have been protected by his mother from all the pain and violence there had been in his family since his father's sordid affair. Even as a teenager, Solomon is soon going to learn that God did forgive David when he sincerely and deeply repented. And God did bless David in spite of what we might think of as unforgivable sins. But teenagers have dreams. Some of you are teenagers, and you are dreaming of a world better than the one we are giving you. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on us older folks. And keep dreaming, young people. We need you to help us build a better world. So Solomon has this, Solomon has this amazing dream. God is offering him anything he wants. How to choose, 
wealth, long life, beautiful women, power, fame. Let's see what Solomon chose. Now, Lord God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child. I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Now remember, in Solomon's dream, he could have anything he wanted. He could have wealth, fame, or power. Instead, the teenager who was becoming king humbly recognized his youth and immaturity. I'm too young. I'm just a child. There's no way I can handle this job. Too many people. So give me a heart sensitive to you. And give me the ability to govern all these people wisely. Give me a clear moral compass to discern between right and wrong. What is true and lasting and what is short term and soon to be forgotten? Help me to choose what is best. In his dream, Solomon listened to God. He chose wealth over, he chose wisdom over wealth. He chose justice over power. He chose being right over being famous. He chose the good of the people rather than his own success. We are beginning to dream again, aren't we? Even though we're entering the third year of the pandemic without a clear way out, we want to stop waiting. We want to make some important decisions. And we want to hear from God. I know you're following our Dreaming Again devotionals that come out at 6 a.m. every day. I had the privilege of helping to, to put these together and to read them before you got to read them. These devotionals will help you dream again. And they continue for a week after our fast ends next Sunday. So, what are your dreams at the beginning of 2022? I'll tell you how my nephew Hugo in New York City was dreaming before Martin Luther King's birthday last week. I have a dream that one day I won't wear a mask anymore. <laughs> Are you dreaming along with Hugo? Are you dreaming of traveling again? Are you dreaming of a promotion, of getting your finances in better shape? Are you dreaming of finally getting married or of having a baby? Uh, in that order, please. <laughs> Are you dreaming of success in sports or as a singer or a musician or actor, as a writer or dancer or a pastor? Are you dreaming of getting into a good university here in Hong Kong, overseas? Does your dream have to do with God's plan for your life or is it mainly about your success? Is your dream self-centered or is it about other people, helping them to flourish. In your dream, do you get ahead by taking advantage of others, by putting other people down? Or does your dream put you in partnership with others, 
bringing out the best in them and in you. Does your dream require you to bend or break the rules to dishonor the name of Christ? Is there anything about your dream that you are ashamed to talk about? We need great wisdom and clear discernment, and dreams need to be tested. These days, I'm part of a men's community group that is wrestling with the challenge of dreaming again. Each week, we talk about the sermon and also about a right now video by John Maxwell called Put Your Dream to the Test. Now, Maxwell is helping us guys discern between wise and foolish dreams. Is yours a a daydream, just a distraction from your work? Is it pie in the sky, wild ideas with no strategy, no basis in reality? Maybe yours is a bad dream. It breeds fear and paralysis. Or an idealistic dream? This is the way the world would be if I were in charge of the world. Vicarious dreams, dreams lived out through others. Maybe yours is a romantic dream, the belief that some person is going to make you happy, or career dream, career success will make me happy. A destination dream that maybe some position, title, award will make me happy. Material dreams that wealth and position, possessions will make you happy. Well, we need to seek wisdom and discernment. We need to test our dreams with our community group, with others who know us well, who are willing to ask us hard questions, to pray with us, to help us discern a wise way to achieve our dreams. Also, we need to look for God's wisdom and Jesus the Bible tells us, is the wisdom of God. Now, what exactly does that mean for our dreams? Paul tells us that Christ's crucifixion, which proved to the Jews that Jesus could definitely not be God's Messiah, and which the Greeks dismissed as something totally absurd, the cross, Paul says, is actually a demonstration of the power of God and the wisdom of God. For, Paul says, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. To have God's wisdom as we dream means having the cross of Christ at the very center of our dreams. Am I willing to dream in the shadow of the cross? Am I willing to lay down my selfish desires and take up the cross to put God's kingdom, the wisdom and values of Jesus, front and center in my dream? In his dream as a teenager, Solomon made the right choices. But spoiler alert, he didn't always do that for the rest of his life. So how did God respond to Solomon's choice? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, for wisdom, discernment. So God said to him, 
since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor you've asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there'll never be anyone like you, nor ever again. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you'll have no equal. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I'll give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized (laughs) it was just a dream. But God did give Solomon a wise and discerning heart. Solomon is remembered as a wise king who wrote or compiled more than 3,000 proverbs and composed more than 1,000 songs, some of which are in the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament. People came from all around the region to hear from Solomon. And God gave Solomon the wealth and honor he did not ask for. Solomon expanded the kingdom his father David had established, He built a magnificent temple to worship one God. Solomon's reputation spread into Africa, and he was visited by the queen of Ethiopia, who is believed to have taken the worship of God back to her home country, a vibrant worship tradition that continues to this day in Ethiopia. As was the custom for kings at the time, Solomon had many wives, and here the story gets a little complicated. Remember that in the dream, God had a condition for the blessings he would give Solomon. If, if you walk, if you walk in obedience to me and keep my commands, that's the big if. The problem is, Solomon didn't always remember that condition. Solomon's marriages were to women from royal families in the various kingdoms in the region. Marriages like this were part of foreign relations at the time, a way to secure peace and prosperity. These women were, we might say, ambassadors. But here Solomon gradually lost his way. He he cared so much for these wives and the fame and influence that they brought him, that he provided temples in Jerusalem for them to worship their own gods. A temple, temples not too far from God's temple. And Solomon's heart gradually drifted away from the God of Israel. He, he was seduced by his love for his many wives to join them in worshiping idols. He did not stay true to God as he was challenged in the dream. And consequently, after his death, the kingdom became divided. It was never again united. Eventually, the kingdom was completely destroyed. Sad. Sad. So very sad. Solomon began well as a teenaged king, but he did not end well. Instead of becoming wiser, he gradually became more selfish and decadent. His success went to his head. He began to believe in his own wisdom rather than trusting God's wisdom. And he made foolish, tragic decisions. 
He ended his reign with great wealth and fame, but in spiritual disgrace. Solomon received wisdom and discernment as a gift of God when he began his reign as a, as a king. But why did he lose that wisdom? How could he build such a marvelous temple and then begin worshiping other gods? What happened to his wisdom and his discernment? Well, there's a lesson here for us as we dream again and as we follow our dreams. Allow God to shape your dream, not only at the beginning, but follow him very carefully as you live out your dream. Don't allow your dream to be clouded by selfish ambition. Don't, don't allow success to corrupt you. Don't, don't let your success cause you to believe that you have made it on your own, that you don't really need God anymore. As you dream, don't succumb to the temptation to play God. But this is not easy. How to be a journalist in the new Hong Kong, to be wise as a snake, but harmless as a dove. How to raise children with Jesus values when schools teach something different. How to honor God as I manage the financial and other material resources God has entrusted to me. How to be a disciple of Jesus in a culture that focuses on pleasure and immediate gratification. How to grow in God's wisdom as I get higher education, more, de more advanced degrees. How to integrate the knowledge and expertise of science with the wisdom of God and how to avoid the tragedy of Solomon, to have the wisdom and discernment to stay the course, to be true to God and his dream for our lives month after month, year after year. I used to fly a small plane. I depended on three forms of, of, of wisdom or guidance to keep me on course throughout my journey. A map that showed the area I was flying over, including mountains and other obstacles. I needed, secondly, a compass and an altimeter that showed me direction and altitude. And then I had a radio that allowed me to communicate with air traffic controllers, a community of experts who could see all the planes in the air around me. With these three points of reference, I could be sure of reaching my destination safely. I like to think of the map as the Bible, the compass and altimeter as God's spirit, and air traffic control as the church. For true wisdom and clear discernment, we need all three. We need the word of God, the spirit of God, the people of God. The word of God bathe your mind and heart in Scripture. And find a new way to do it when you get bored. This past year, I was listening my way through the Bible with Nikki Gumbel and David Suchet. The Bible in One Year app. For you, it will be something, something different. The Word of God 
remember, is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. That's Hebrews 4.12. We need not only the Word of God, we need the Spirit of God. Being in constant touch with God's Spirit will help you grow through your experience. Become a practical scientist. Learn from your experience so you don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Believe me, I've been there, done that. Like they say, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. <laughs> and thirdly, we not only keep in touch with the Spirit, but we also need to be in touch with the people of God. Join a community group if you're not already a part. Find a mentor, a spiritual friend, someone you can be open and honest with who will both love and challenge you to grow. Do you have a soul friend who knows you inside out? Reach out to us at The Vine. We'll help you find a fit. So keep tuned to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God. If you do, you will have the wisdom and discernment both to dream and to carry out your dream, to bring it to completion. As for Chris and me, you probably guessed that we did pursue God's dream for us in China. After a lot of prayer and counsel from friends and family members, we went to live and work in Shanghai for quite a few years before God brought us back to Hong Kong where we started our marriage 34 years before. Did we always make wise decisions along the way? No. We didn't always get it right. We sometimes stumbled and fell. We had many opportunities to grow through our mistakes, to fail forward, as the saying goes. But we have continued to follow Jesus and to pursue God's dream for our lives, our careers, and our marriage. And now, along with you, we are dreaming again. I like this children's song. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. And I am learning to hear God's voice. And I am trying to make the right choice. I am a promise to be anything God wants me to be. Not anything I want to be. Not anything others want me to be. Anything God wants me to be. It's what God wants me to be that will give clarity, wisdom, and perseverance to my dream. So, we need wisdom and discernment to make the right choices day after day, month after month, year after year. And if we lack wisdom, we can ask God, who gives to us generously 
without finding fault, James 1.5. I love the way Paul describes our dreaming in alignment with the wisdom of God. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us an unbelievable inheritance. That's what it means to dream again with the wisdom and discernment of God's Spirit. We discover our unbelievable inheritance with God. So, what's next, Papa? Right now, I invite you to lift up your dreams to Father God as we pray. Would you do that? Would you lift up your dreams to our Father? Thank you, Abba, Papa, for helping us to dream again, for helping us to connect with the unbelievable inheritance you have for us, your children. Thank you, Jesus, for your wisdom come into our world. Help us as we dream again to discern and choose what is best so we grow up in every way to Christ and his wisdom. Help us become big people who love you passionately and love our neighbors as ourselves and help us to become expressions of your wisdom in our homes, our schools, our offices, in our work and in our play, in our art and in our science, in our worship, and also in our politics. Fill our dreams with the joy of your Spirit's presence, with the hope of your unbelievable inheritance, with the healing that will sustain us through this pandemic. In the name and wisdom of Jesus, we dream and we pray. Amen.